0: Welcome to episode 6 of Bourbon & Beignets This is Ginger Moore, I'm here with my friend Whitney Evans And we are just happy to be with you today Talking about some of our ideas on faith and friendship and Jesus And sometimes we talk about a little food I don't know Mm -hmm. Well, we, I think we talked about some beignets a little bit in the we last did. episode. We, I think we're going to have to come up with an episode where we do talk about Just some food. of our... Yeah, because we both really love food. And we, I think we could talk oh, yeah. all day about New Orleans food because we, we both love it. But we, we are glad that you are listening to us. And if this is your first time to listen mm-hmm. to us, we're especially thankful you're here. And we hope that you come back and want to listen to us. And maybe go back and listen to the first five episodes. Yes. and. Let me tell you a little bit about me. I'm 50 years old. I've got uh, two girls that are almost about to fly the nest. You know, (laughs) they're in college, so they fly back and forth to the nest. Um, And I have a husband that I've been married to for a million years. And I'm always happy to share this time on the podcast with my dearest friend, Whitney. And I'm kind of known for just been the older one that wears pearls and i wear heels almost everywhere but whitney is known as the cool one i named her that and <laughs> she will tell you a little bit about herself and what she's wearing today
1: yeah my name's whitney evans soon to be whitney snarden hopefully um if covid uh lets up a little bit but um i am engaged to my wonderful fiance corbin and um i love the lord i have no children yet um we have a play child who's in college so it's been interesting um <laughs> an extra addition an extra addition just uh, trying to help a college student navigate the waters as uh, he lives with us, and so um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to marriage and uh, learning more about my future spouse. And uh, I live in Paducah, from New Orleans originally, so um, that's why we name it Bourbon and Beignets because I'm I'm technically the beignets part of it, but I really think I'm the bourbon part. I like Because I don't drink
0: bourbon, but I love beignets. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, and I love beignets, but I think I like bourbon more than beignets. And you
0: know, maybe that's like the thing about this podcast is you think maybe you've got us pegged, but then... And that's a good little um, tease about what we're going to talk about today. You think we might be one way, but then you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised about this
1: woke Stepford (laughs) wife I have sitting next to me. (laughs) So
0: um, each episode I have a
1: KOTD. That means uh, kicks of the day. And so you'll see the picture of my kicks on Instagram and Twitter. Our Instagram handle is at bourbon underscore and underscore beignets. And insta- uh, my Twitter inst- uh, Twitter handle is Bourbon Beignets. So check us out on those two platforms. The kicks of the day for today, I have on the three AM Nola Reebok workouts, better known as Soldier Rees. It's a special collab between Chase and Cash and Reebok. Um, I had to give a shout out to Nola. I'll be talking about New Orleans later on in this episode. The shirt I have is the Central Park Five. Uh, park madison shirt and i wore that um we're gonna get into some race speech today and um just black and white and some other stuff in the middle in general (laughs) when when to speak up when to speak up (laughs) and when to shut up so um thank y'all so much for listening this is not gonna be a necessarily feel good episode but uh, I think you're going to learn a lot and enjoy what we uh, either have to say or what we may be educating others about. So thanks so much for uh, for everyone listening to us. And um, we have we're going to have a giveaway soon of some merch. That means merchandise. So shirts, uh, coffee mugs, probably some coffee up in there. and oh, beignet yeah. mix. You know, some of our favorite things. We plan on giving away to one of our loyal. You know, maybe
0: we can give away some community coffee. Yeah, that New Orleans blend the New Orleans is, blend is it's, the best. It's my I love and it. the cafe special. Those That's, two. Yes. Those are my. Those yes. are my favorites. I like right the now. coffee
1: and chicory one because it does remind me of home a little bit. But I can only have that for like so many days in a row. But that yeah, cafe it's special strong. is It's good. It's it's an everyday type of thing. So, um, Ginger has uh, pearls of the day. Um, I think maybe.
0: um i'm gonna do i'm gonna do pearls today this episode and i'm gonna um i'll be wearing my triple strand yes they were a surprise gift for my 50th birthday i have a friend that works in the jewelry industry Mm. and she knows that i love pearls and the whole theme of my 50th birthday party was no grit no pearl that's it And I gave all of my dearest and best, I called them my pearl friends, I gave them all a piece of pearl jewelry. Mm -hmm. But then my girlfriend surprised me with a triple strand, and yes. you will be able to see Whitney's yes. KOTDs on Instagram, but yes. you will also be able to see my POTD, Pearls of the Day, on yep. Instagram oh as yeah. well. And I'm, I'm, you know, a lot of the clothes that you wear and the shoes that you wear, you have a story behind them, mm-hmm. or you want to convey a certain message. And most of my Pearls of the Day are in some way sentimental. Yes. And so those are sentimental just because it was such a surprise for my
1: I 50th, love it. I so. love it. Yes, I don't do a very good job with um, picking out jewelry for other people. I know it looks good and, on me and you know things that I have, uh, but I, I have a difficult time picking out jewelry for others. So I think that's a gift um, of people who can choose jewelry for others. But um, I'll get into the scripture for this episode. It is titled A Time to Speak. So the scripture for this episode, if you haven't been following us, uh, please listen to the first five episodes. We're going through Ecclesiastes 1 through 12, um, 1 through 14 this season. Chapter and we, 3. Chapter 3, Ecclesiastes. Mm-hmm. Chapter three, my bad. Um, there's a lot of chapters in Ecclesiastes, so if
0: <laughs> you're <laughs> not to clarify which yeah, one. Search around, you'll figure it out.
1: <laughs> but uh, this episode we're talking about Ecclesiastes three, seven, which is a time to tear and a time to sew, a time to keep silence and a time to speak. So, um we're getting into some deep stuff this episode. You know, it's, it's, I would
0: say this is um this is a meaty
1: yeah. episode. Yeah. And
0: yeah. you know, Whitney and I have kind of gone back and forth on this. You know, we th- we're we going to do this in one episode. Yes. But we're going to let you know right now, this is not an all-inclusive what Ginger and Whitney think on this topic. Right. And we are already planning season two of Bourbon and Beignets, and we've been talking that we're going to revisit this. Oh, yeah. This is an ongoing issue, oh, especially yeah. in America right now. So this is kind of the preface of this episode. And I don't know if you if you don't follow us on Instagram or somewhere on social, social media where you media. see our pictures, you may not even know that I'm white and Whitney's black. Right. Right. And uh, but the thing that I think that binds us together most tightly is that we are sisters in Christ yes. that love the Lord. Absolutely. And we've had lots of discussions over the years of our friendship about race mm-hmm. and racial issues in America. It's one of the things that is one of the, I don't know, one of the, I guess... The founding principles or core yes. values of even our little church yes. you know we wanted our church to be um, reflective of our community absolutely and we do not live in a community that is all white right and we do not live in a community that is all black and so our right. church pretty much every Sunday reflects the demographics of our community mm-hmm. and that's been mm-hmm. very intentional but this episode is going to be about race in America so yeah. um, I'm really good mm-hmm. at being white. Yeah. I'm I'm an I expert at being black. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so if you are a, a white listener, I'm going to tell you, mm-hmm. pour yourself a cup of warm tea and it's going to be okay. Yeah. Okay. And I just need you to listen with an open heart and a closed mouth mm-hmm. because our scripture is a time to keep silence and a time to speak. Right. And, um, I'm going to tell you the things that Whitney and I have talked about over Mm -hmm. the years. We have talked very openly with each other. And um, but what has encouraged me most of all is I think we both have communicated in a way that Mm -hmm. is full of um, love for each other and respect for each other. And I. I don't ever remember a time that we have ever felt crossways no. with each other. And I no. think it's just we've shared our heart enough with each other on everything. Yes,
1: and we can be honest with one another. If it's something I feel like I need to correct Ginger, you know, or I feel comfortable doing that and she doesn't take offense to it and vice versa. Like, I'm, And I, j- I
0: think I've been a – I've tried to be a mm-hmm. very – open and willing yeah. student um because you know what even though I'm the older of the duo I know I'm definitely I don't have it all figured out in yeah. a lot well, of you
1: l- you spent less years being black so you know yeah
0: fair it is okay you, uh, you know? it is a very valid point there <laughs> but um You know, one of the things that's been interesting here lately is that you are seeing more white Christians Mm -hmm. become vocal about race in America. Absolutely. And it's been interesting because, you know, black people have been living this for years, Mm -hmm. and suddenly we've got more white people um, willing to be vocal, which is encouraging. Um, Because I typically run in circles of faith, Mm -hmm. um, I am more concerned about what... um, Christian brothers and sisters are doing and what they are saying. Because um, I don't hold the world to the standards of Jesus, Mm -hmm. but I certainly hold myself to the standards of Jesus. And Jesus says a lot of things about how we're supposed to love one another. Yep. And so you know, people get so torn up. The world is, oh, it's this is so divisive, and people Mm. are canceling one another, and everything is so angry. Well, you know what? I'm not surprised when the world acts like the world, but I do feel very concerned when the people of God act like the world. And so I have said um, to me, I think there are a couple of things that were have been the breaking, the tipping point here lately. Obviously, the ahmad Arbery mm-hmm. video yes. <clears throat> i yes. I typically don't watch the videos i'm mean, going to be honest right. I don't right. watch them um it's th- traumatizing it's and as a mother, yeah. yes. I always look at that that is someone's child, yes. and yes. that it does something to me yes. that I can't i mean yes. I don't sleep afterwards right. and um that one I accidentally watched mm-hmm. i it, somebody put it up, and before I knew it, it was playing, and it was. And wrong, it was yeah. It was horrific and yes. it was painful and yep. um but then right after that everybody's still reeling from that mm-hmm. and then, you know, the George Floyd video mm-hmm. and you can't watch Right uh, what was it, yeah. eight minutes and forty seven yeah. seconds mm-hmm. of Yeah. Torture. Yeah and just And he callous. called out for his mother. Yeah that, I and think that,
1: that for a lot of people was kinda the, the that was the last straw. I think for a lot of people where they may not have felt something before because it may not have been someone who necessarily looked like them. Exactly. Um, because they're, don't get me wrong, there's police brutality against white people. Um, it just happens at a different rate than it does black people, so let's get that out the way. But the other thing is, anything anytime something is caught on camera and you look at it and you that's someone who looks like your brother or your sister or your mother or father or spouse, it does something to you. So for black folks, we've been seeing that over and over and over again. That looks like, you know, you, you said Philando Castile was kind of the the um, the just the fire starter for you. And that, that was that, and that, and and that, that was 2016. Four, yeah, that was four years that was ago, four years ago. And so I think George Floyd was that for a lot of a lot of white folks. It's like, OK, take everything out the situation, even take color out of it. He, This man called out for his mother, and he was grown. Like, he was a grown man, a very grown man. Well,
0: and I wanted to ask your opinion on this, mm-hmm. because this is one of the things that, that has... Because I, I follow a lot of um, Christian ministries. Yeah. I follow lots of men and women who do mm-hmm. all kinds of great work for the Lord on yes. Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Something that I found is interesting is... About 10 years ago 12 years ago big move for transracial adoption mm-hmm. people will go all over the world to bring mm-hmm. home children yes. and i'm a mom i am all about children that need moms yes. getting moms yes. well here we are now mm-hmm. all those little boys that were adopted yep. all over the world
1: yep
0: are now in families yeah and they have a lot of them have white moms and white yeah. dads. Little black well, girls
1: and black boys. That yes. are with white families, which is fine. I'm like, uh, hey, they got <clears throat> great homes, hopefully, and hopefully they're being raised by good Christian folks or even if they're not Christian, just good people. But good when people. that
0: child, who is now a teenager, Yes. Goes into a store yeah. without that white mom, that white dad. Yep. When they're pulled over by a police officer, right. you know the the adults that they're dealing with, they don't care mm-hmm. that you know you live on a golf course, they don't, or they no. don't care that your dad is a white stockbroker. Right, right. You know. Right. For them, you are you're black. You're another black teenager. <laughs> exactly. And, exactly. And I think that you're you're now having white Christians. Mm-hmm who love children yeah. that are their children. Yeah. And it's, it's, you know, I mean, it's, it's your kid. You think about
1: <laughs> Brianna Taylor, her backstory, at EMT, her goal in life was to save lives and to rescue folks. And she was shot eight times in her home. And when you think about that, you know, not knowing, we, we don't, we, we're not given a chance to give our backstory before, there's a before we're victims of police brutality. That is just like I see a black face and I react. Um, or that, like Ahmad
0: Ar- yes, Arbery. I yes, mean, it, yes,
1: exactly. you know. And I think that
0: I think that combined with George Floyd yeah. was a was a big issue. And it so, was, yeah. um, you know, the thing that I've I've been saying for you know many years mm-hmm. now is in. And I guess to go back to Fernando Castile, mm-hmm. I think he was the one that just broke me again. It was a video, mm-hmm. and you know when you looked at his reputation and yes. his community, the kids in his community loved him. I remember, yes. you know, somebody described him as the the Fred Rogers of his neighborhood, yes, and that, yes. and I, as a Mister Rogers fan, I was like, oh my yes. gosh! It just yes. it w- that was the one that just yes. sat so heavy on my chest, yes. and so, you know, for me, um, and social media mm-hmm. is is the best and the worst of all oh, of big us time. and big time. B- but it, it I've said and this is incredibly unpopular it is time for white people to sit down shut up and listen yeah. because you I'm only I'm an expert at being white right. but I have no idea right. what it what right. it's like to be black and right. so um I I have sat down and I have shut up and I've listened mm-hmm. for a a pretty good while now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so I guess in when you are kind of on the journey to right. I don't and I don't know what you want racial awareness racial reconciliation (laughs) I don't know if you have to put a name on it but there's a point where you decide and I think it's why when we saw the scripture we were like well this is the episode we'll have to talk about this because there is a time that when you don't know you have to have enough wisdom to sit down and be quiet and learn yes but then once you do learn yes you can't if you're a person of god yes you cannot be quiet anymore yes. and um yes. so you were going to share just a little bit about the balance yes. of of when to be silent and when to speak yeah. and so give us some of your thoughts because it's and different for you yeah. when, when you've got to be quiet and when you oh, need to absolutely, speak absolutely
1: absolutely and like what, what ginger was talking about i have a um buddy from college her name's kate and i don't, Forgive me, Kate, if you're listening, but I forgot Kate's married name. But her maiden name is Grimmion. So Kate, um, she has a um, she has a blog and site. It's uh, worked well with Kate, um, and is big on like women professionals and um, has been very vocal and has always really been an ally. Um, I can't remember in college and everything. And she's just um, she's just awesome, and so she put something in this. Totally, I've been telling any white person who wants to become educated, treat it like an internship. A, you have the less, least experience in the room um, because if you are interacting with a black person, they've been black their whole lives, you know? <laughs> so you have the least amount of experience in the room. Um, listen, uh, be knowledgeable. Um, it, oh, man, there was another point, and I forgot it. I'll, I'll post it on this episode. um I guess the descriptor. Um, but the last one was like, uh, go get someone coffee if they you know <laughs> ask you for it. So it's like, but understand you had the least amount of experience in, in the room and the purpose for you being an intern is to learn um to do better later. And so um Ginger and I have talked about being an advocate or ally and there's a there's a difference between being an advocate and an ally. An ally is someone who I trust that if Ginger and I go into a store and I'm not getting the service that I need, Ginger's gonna step in as a white person who may get better service and do what she needs to do so do what she needs to do so I can get what I need. That's you know, an advocate is someone who may speak out about it. Um and may be down with the fight, but like an ally is gonna step in. An ally yeah. is gonna be the person that uses um their whiteness to advance black folks. Um, and we'll talk about that a little later, but, um, one thing that we did talk about was black people being silent and how we've had to navigate those waters our entire lives. So now it's time for white folks to be silent, um, and to listen to us. And so, uh, about what we've experienced and the truth behind, um, some of the things that occur on social media. And I think on both, on all the cores, there's just just trash being spewed all all over the internet there's people who are far left far right you know super politically charged and yes we have to break down um systemic racism and and that's a long long race to run but that starts with education it really starts with education and knowing and um that visceral reaction of george floyd i believe was the spark we were talking about earlier so like, we've we, we had to be silent for so many years about issues that affect black folks. I mean, talking about redlining. And if you don't know what redlining is, Google it. And please don't check like Wikipedia. Please get a scholarly article. <laughs> Go yes. to .edu uh. to figure that out. But anyway, redlining, um, talking about how purposefully neighborhoods are segregated. We've been experiencing this for decades um, of, of segregation, purposeful segregation. Uh, by certain, um, by county governments or by state governments. And so um, not only that, but when you redline, then you have a district that's predominantly black that may not have necessarily acquired more wealth because black people generally have less wealth than white people. On average, it's at least $90,000. You take any white family, any black family, the difference in wealth is going to be about 90 grand. So when you put that money into public entities, like infrastructure um schools what kind of public schools are you going to get when you have a red line district that is majority black that has struggled financially for years you're going to get public schools that don't have desks or books or if they have books they're used books that this school that was in a predominantly white district or area um, may have used for the past five years so now we're getting outdated history that also doesn't contain anything about slavery or you know, Black history, <laughs> black history in general, um, the real truth about that. And so, you know, it, it's hard to speak up, especially when you're a kid and you know better. I remember being in history classes and being like, well, that's not like that's not what I read in my studies of something. And like, why? how can you speak up against someone who is of authority? You know, how, how do you speak out? Because sometimes when we speak out, we get shot, quite frankly. You know, we can't speak. We can't walk. We can't buy Skittles. Um, and, and so it's that balance. And we've had to, for us, the difference between silence and speaking could be death. And that may seem very dramatic, but it's the truth. Um, black men, when they're pulled over, they know not to speak. They know to have their hands visible. They, you know, you have to go through all the steps to make sure that you don't get harmed just because you're black. And me as a woman, I work in a professional industry um, that is uh, predominantly white male uh, driven. <laughs> not, I wouldn't say driven, but it's a, a it's an industry where most of the folks in the executive positions are white males. So A, I'm black, and B, I'm a woman. Um, not in any particular order, because I was born both of those, but, <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, I am against the norm. And so sometimes, and I felt this before, where if I'm in a meeting and I get there's something that I need to say and there needs to be a balance of me speaking up and not speaking up because I don't want to be deemed or stereotyped as the angry black woman. And I know some of the people in the room and I'm blessed to have just good, good folks around me um, who are willing to listen to me. Um, But I, I have been in situations at times where I felt silenced and knowing, okay, I need to remain silent or I need to speak up because If I'm not speaking up, um, when is the next chance that a black woman is going to get to speak on this particular issue or something that may affect um, a certain community um, if we make a decision at my particular hospital? So um, there's there's a balance. And now is the time for black folks to, you know, talk. And um, we're tired of talking, to be quite frank. Let's just say that. I'll, I'll throw that out there. But uh just imagine how much and i'm i'm 31 it's not even like i've lived on this earth 100 years but i'm only 31 and some of my experiences will have your mouth dropping uh but is now is the time to listen and to understand that these things really do happen and to educate yourself or to be educated and read and 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 just talk about privilege and talk about what the term white privilege means and and I have a privilege. I'm light skinned. That is a huge privilege in the black community. And that's that's on another level. I, are we are we gonna talk about that? This is,
0: that Well, time? I wanna talk about it because the funny thing yeah. is and and I will tell you it's <laughs> it's a weird time to I'm yes. just gonna say this and again, yeah. We don't wanna offend any of our listeners. Yes. But you know, I, I have black friends. Yes. And the worst thing a white person can do right now, that's feeling all this conviction, is yes. go find a black person and say, "Will you be my friend?" Exactly. Because I need some diversity. <laughs> Please don't do that. Right. But right, now, right. but like Whitney and I have joked, yes. like when I tan, I'm darker than her. Yeah, straight up. Uh, but I, uh, um, straight you know,
1: up. I'm, I'm I'm light, y'all. If y'all have not seen a picture of me, when I say light skin, I mean like super light. I mean like, whoo at the. Very end of the light skin spectrum. I mean, I, when I was little, people used to call me like albino and stuff because I, I have very dark features, like my, my eyebrows and my hair is dark and stuff. But I have blue eyes. Like my eyes are blue. Sometimes they're green, gray, whatever. Uh, I always get complimented on my eyes. Um, and I have light skin. I have very light skin. And in the black community, we have, there's always an ism. Yeah. Um. And in the black community in America, we have colorism. It's and like isn't that. that
0: like it's the most human thing we it could is, do. Always. It's like okay, we're gonna. It's like yes. Satan says, you know, let's divide in black and white. But yes. let's not do that. Let's take the black people and let's get yes. them where yes. they they don't even like yes. somebody that's darker than them. Oh, and everyone looks yeah. alike. Okay, let's let's do it
1: by religion. Okay, so if yeah. these people are <laughs> like this, we're going to persecute them because they are, are of a certain religion. Like, there's always a separation. There's always an ism. And in, in the black community, it's like, okay, now we got to figure out who's the cream of the crop in the black community. And, and that, quite frankly, started with slavery. We'll talk, of, you know, if, if you don't know the history, the history is the lighter skinned black folks, um, which a lot of the times were products of, um, a slave owner and a slave, um, having a child and probably not willingly. That's all I'll say. So a product of rape. Um, just call it what it is, and they come out looking like me, maybe a tinge darker. Cause, I, y'all, I'm real light, but um, you know, the the so-called those lighter those lighter folks happen to be in, maybe in the house. Um, so they may have gotten access to certain things that slaves in the field did not get access to. So of course, if I see you, I'm out working in the hot sun all day. I'm picking whatever it is, whatever it is, it's tobacco, cotton, whatever type of crop that was, I'm getting beaten up and everything out in this hot weather. And then I see you in the house serving tea. Like, of course, <laughs> I'm gonna be mad about that. Like, I mean, very mad about it. So, um... You know, that started, that just sparked this whole colorism deal. And in New Orleans, it's like 10 times worse because there's a lot of light-skinned folks down there. Uh, New Orleans, if you haven't read A Feast for All Saints by Anne Rice, she really details um, what these octoroon balls were. And they were um, these almost debutante balls. We were talking yeah. about debutante balls um, during a break one time. But <laughs> these debutante balls were times when these light-skinned black folks would be purposefully... Put on show to be bred with their with the slave owner, and so to create folks who look like me that had blue eyes and very light skin and could pass for white, but were black. And I was like, that's no purpose. Just go like mate with the white person if that's the case. But um, it's it's weird. So that history carried throughout New Orleans. So now you have folks like me who have blue eyes and light skin. I have a cousin, a little cousin with blonde hair, like, and he's black. Both his parents are black. I get it all the time. People are like, but you're black and what? I'm like, I'm black mixed with black. Like there's my, my dad's black. My mom's black. I just came out like a glow worm. Um, But there's a (laughs) lot of privilege to that. And that's the connotation that has been throughout the years. I feel like people are probably less intimidated when they see me. um, than If it was a darker skinned person. Um, They automatically think I'm more docile, which is definitely not the fact. Um, oh, you're spunky. I but am, all, in all the woo, best ways. In all <laughs> the best ways. And automatically think I'm either more docile or they think like light-skinned people are soft because the connotation is we worked in the house, so <laughs> we're soft. And, you know, there's just a lot of connotations in the black community and a lot of colorism that divides and thinking that light-skinned people are better or are smarter or have this or that and the other when in reality we're all black and we all we're all oppressed like we we all look different we're not white
0: i guess that history is it's so interesting to me and you know i homeschooled my girls Mm -hmm. for part of their educational career and part of the thing that has connected us in friendship has been that I we love New Orleans yes. so when we would travel New Orleans truly is the only city I like to travel to yes. there's not another city in America that I care anything about yeah. going to except New Orleans yeah. but we would travel and I would take my girls and I remembered um, we did um We did an architectural study of New Mm -hmm. Orleans when they were in middle school. And, you know, I did like the binder and they colored everything. We would go and look at different houses and things and pick up on that. We did, you know, a tour of um, an indigo plantation. And then, but we did um, some lessons on the headscarves of the women. And we talked about some of the Creole women. Mm -hmm. And we talked about some of that history Thank goodness I didn't start learning and getting into all that in elementary school. They were in middle school and we talked about sex already, you know. Yes. But you know, yeah. th- some of the things that I pulled up, it was so interesting to me—just that rich, complicated history of New Orleans, yes. um, which you—the way you look now is yeah. still a reflection of that. <laughs> but you know, the the pro- the plantation owner, the property owner, he would have. Um, and I say that because they had those big houses yes, in the garden district and absolutely. all of that. You know, they would have their white family and then it was uncanny. Yes. There would be pictures, they would also have their mixed family. Yep. And yep. and how the children of the white wife that yes. And
1: they looked alike. Yes. Just the children people.
0: the <laughs> children would look alike. But yeah. even back then yeah. the children from the white wife mm-hmm. totally different trajectory yes. of success yes. compared to the the mistress most of the time that yes. was it was not of her choosing i guarantee right. you right and right. you know so I'm listening to us just talk about this right now, and I think, isn't it interesting how, you know, the Lord knows the plans, Mm -hmm. because what are the chances that some white woman in Paducah, Kentucky, is going to be teaching her kids about that in eighth grade? And now here we are doing a podcast in 2020 where we're talking about that, and I don't know. I'm just seeing God's hand in it.
1: Big time. I mean, because when I moved here, people, like, would look at me and be like, so what are you mixed with? And in New Orleans, people didn't bat a second eye. They're like, okay, <laughs> she got blue eyes. Like, no big deal. Because so many people, a lot of people tend to not necessarily leave New Orleans. So you do have quite a few lighter-skinned folks who, like, continue to have light-skinned babies. And that's just all to it. I mean, the, the I guess the amount of light-skinned people we have down there is pretty big, you know, I guess because people never leave. But um you know we were segregated by neighborhoods and colorism crossed those lines so you have a white neighborhood light-skinned neighborhood a dark-skinned neighborhood which was crazy to me i'm like who like where does that even make sense but it all boils down to privilege and like did those light-skinned folks live in better houses yeah you look at some of those areas mm-hmm. and they really did and you know I, I think about all the privileges i have i mean you you talk about yours but i do have Privilege as a light-skinned black woman, I, I really do. Sure, People automatically sure. have a, a good, you know, connotation of me, and there you would go back and look at like um, minstrels shows and stuff like that, and they always have blackface, and it's like, okay, what are you gonna try to do, blackface for a light-skinned person? Like, there, there's not well,
0: and one. you know the, I think when you get into just the statistical data mm-hmm. of you know darker-skinned yes. black women. Serve longer prison sentences. They do. They do. And, Absolutely. And you know, and that one was that one was tough to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Um you know yeah. I would ju- never considered that. Mm-hmm. And then you know I think in our ministry, you yeah. know our our ch- our children's ministry, a lot of our kids come in out of at-risk situations. Mm-hmm. Well, we've seen the dynamic between our girls. Yes. Some of our girls are very very dark. Mm-hmm. Some of our girls are very very light. Yep. And the dynamic
1: and is always always There's all. it's so. I, I
0: would describe the dynamic as electric perhaps. Yes. yes Let <laughs> <definitely, laughs> well, me a fair assessment of all our group. I mean, um, and you
1: think about, you, you look at all the shootings that have occurred, they've been mainly dark-skinned folks. Yeah. That's sad. That, yeah. all the, the, Ahmaud Arbery, would it have happened if he was light-skinned? Probably not. Yeah. They probably wouldn't even batted an eye. I mean. And I think that's
0: what's troubling is just, yes. it's, um, it, um, you got to help me with my so i use the right word yes. that unconscious bias yes that's exactly you know what it is. where it in, in, in our mm-hmm. mind yo know, you see it in healthcare mm-hmm. all the time and mm-hmm. um just that all of us and yes. that's the thing that you know people want to say oh it's just a white black thing But Mm -mm. the darker skin versus any lighter Mm -hmm. skin, that's Mm -hmm. an unconscious bias that a lot of us don't like to talk about. It makes, because unconscious makes us feel like we can't control it. And when we can't control it, you know, nobody wants to feel guilty or, you know, um, if you're a believer, you mm-hmm. don't want to feel that this is something I can't control and it's right, sinful. right? You know, for me right. to favor one soul over another soul right, because right. I'm caught up in the external. Ooh, you know, yes. that, you know, we know God yes, looks at the heart. Yes. When they picked David out, it wasn't because he was the tallest and the best looking. So, you know that's a prime example in scripture of they were looking at what was the outside yeah, yeah and definitely.
1: and we do it I mean that you got to think about where the Bible happened geographically and that in those countries in those countries that has happened like India the they, big yes. colorism there um you think about countries in Africa I know Nigerians who are lighter skinned and they're treated differently than darker skinned Nigerians and the connotation there and like people bleaching their skin to try to look lighter and Appeal to like Western ideal of beauty. And so
0: that's, I mean, that's how we got white Jesus. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, pretty much, I think we're trying to figure out, you know, what's going to be like the vibe of our podcast. It always comes back to white Jesus. Yeah, it it always comes (laughs) back to white Jesus. Gotta love it. Definitely. Um, But I think, um, when you talk about this, mm-hmm. you know, and you and I just we are real open in our discussion Very. with it, Very. you know, once you start talking about it, it can feel overwhelming. It can. and you you're like, "Oh well, how's it going to get better?" And, and if you're like, me, I'm a fixer. I mm-hmm. just want I want it to be better, and I want to fix it, and mm-hmm. I want a plan. Yes. I need a plan and a list, yes. and I can we can do this. That's but I think that so much of this, it I don't see. That it is possible without the Lord. It's nice. Because w- our nature is to stick with who looks like us yep. and who thinks like us and who votes like us it and who, is. you know, worships like us. Mm-hmm. But when you look in scripture, that's not ever what he wanted the church to look Mm -hmm. like. And so I think it's so overwhelming. It is only by, you know, the Holy Spirit and the Lord just refining us to want to love better. And I think part of that from the white perspective is loving better means listening. Yes. And it means just recognizing, you know what? Not everybody's had the same experience as me. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, for so long, I mean... I didn't go saying, "Hey, I need to find a black friend." I just, I didn't. I <laughs> right, mean, life right. was busy, right. and I, I mean, I know enough about human interactions to no, know that is not the way to go around no. getting some some friends that are diverse. <laughs> um, but you know, praise be to God that yes. He just has directed my steps. Yeah. And led me in a way that's just so much better and richer. And so while we've been talking here, Whitney and I, we're good enough friends. We can just kind of look at each other with our eyes. And we can look at the time of this podcast. (laughs) And we are going to go ahead and maybe this will be a teaser you'll listen to number six and we'll probably call this one six a yes and we're we want to stop mm-hmm. and because we want these to be lis- listenable yes is that listenable yes. episodes So we're going to stop this at 6A. Yeah. And then. And
1: we'll pick up and talk more about privilege. We'll call it 6B. Right. I think this one was more of an education um, background. Yeah, I agree. I talked a lot, but there's a lot of education that needs to happen. Please don't take what I say and take it as the gold, truth, like, please go read up on your own and research some books and novels um, about some of the issues that I mentioned, but we'll talk about privilege next time. I mentioned light skin privilege and how colorism um, happens and I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that, but other types of privileges as well. And Ginger will go into her story about privileges that she has. Um, I mean, white privilege is it's a thing. the most obvious one for her, but there's <laughs> other types as well that we both have and we'll talk about Um, and I think in that episode you'll probably see, oh wow, I never thought about this as a privilege or or that is a privilege and privilege is not a bad word guys. It's something you're born with or something you're born into and that's okay. It's just acknowledge it. And
0: well, and, and to tie it all back into scripture to whom much is given, much is required. And so when you recognize the privilege that you have, yes then you've got to decide what you're going to do with that. But I just appreciate y'all listening to Thank this you. today. If you are a white person that goes, Oh, I feel a little overwhelmed. I'd never thought of that. One of the books that I think helped me the most mm-hmm. was the color of compromise by Jim mm-hmm. R. I think it, it, For a believer, yes, I think it is a must-read, and um, I tell anyone that comes to me with questions, Mm -hmm. that's what I tell them to read, Uh, because I think when you start from, for me, Mm -hmm. you know, scripture is the filter with which I view my life, Mm -hmm. and so his historical perspective of faith.
1: Yes. Um, That's it's good. impactful. I gotta read that. I it's convicting. It is yes.
0: very, very convicting. Yes. But if you like our intro and our outro music, mm-hmm. that is from um, Called by God. Yes, CBG, a cappella. Yeah, they are on Instagram, Facebook, all of the things, and they're on all the music platforms. Yes. But we mainly listen to them on Spotify or yes. this olden way to listen to music. It's called a compact disc. <laughs> Better known as a CD. Yes. So um, thanks for listening, y'all. Thank y'all. See you next time. So I'm asking you to set me free.